0: Well, there's a danger in our culture today that we lose sight in a throwaway society. So many times, a few things are made to last. We it seems that it's kind of easier or cheaper to throw it away than to fix it. A uh, few things are repaired, and it's sometimes just cheaper to get new. Um, that's not true of everything, but uh, Sherry and I, it seemed like we, did, we had our... Same washer and dryer for like the first decade that we were together, didn't think much of it, but like ever since then, it's like, uh, it's just like every three or four or five years, the thing breaks down. Uh, it's very interesting because uh, this happened to us in August, where the washing machine, after four years, only four years, it goes out. And they look at us, they go, look, uh, this is going to be like half, if not more than half of the, you know, the value of a new washer. What are you doing? And when you go to the the places, they say, oh, these things are mostly like five. You might get be lucky and get 10 years out of it. Well, we get a new washer and three days after we got the new washer, the dryer goes out. (laughs) Now, The dryer had lasted a little longer, but still Like the same thing applies. Are you going to pay a guy to come out and do all that? And I think in that kind of of setting, so many times we can lose sight of restoration, what it looks like for something to be restored. That's what we're talking about this month, how God, what biblical restoration, renewal, what biblical revival, what that looks like, for us to be restored. So if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 80 today. We're gonna to be in a couple of places, but turn first to Psalm 80. And Asaph, you'll look at the top of that, you'll see that Asaph prayed. And when he's praying, he's praying for restoration and for God to show his people and to show his face, his presence. Isn't that what we're hungry for today? We, we look for God to shine himself. And there's two pictures. So verses 1 through 7 is this picture of God's people being a flock. And then in verses 8 through 19, you see him saying that God's people, are, it's, it's like a, a vine. Now, that's good news because God's people today are led by the great shepherd In Jesus, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. That's John 10. So we have John 10, Jesus is our good shepherd. And we also know from John 15 that uh, the branches in the vine are us. We need God's touch in our lives. So let's look at verses three through seven in Psalm 80. The psalmist writes, restore us, O God, Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh amongst themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And so we see this Old Testament context of a prayer for restoration for God's people. But then in the New Testament, turn to 2 Corinthians 13. We're gonna read what Pastor Paul writes to his church at the church of Corinth in Sin City. In Sin City, Corinth, Paul writes to a contentious group of people who have become very bold in their own uh, works. And so he writes to them and he says in verse 9 in chapter 13, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. So, kind of get that remark there. Pastor Paul's saying, You've kind of gotten full of yourself, haven't you? What we're praying for is your restoration. For this reason, I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I come, I may not have to be severe in my use of the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. He's basically saying, I'm giving you fair warning in this letter to talk to y'all because I'm coming and I'm about to come down there on you all. And it doesn't know, I don't know what this is going to look like because I'm going to unleash all my authority on you when I get there. I'm telling you now. Then he says, finally, brothers rejoice. Aim for Restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Basically saying to the church, you've gotten so full of yourself. This is what's the most important. Aim for these things. Father, I pray that you would help us today to lean in And that you would restore us completely, Lord. Help us, every person here. Help us, Lord, to be restored by you. Help us, Lord, to look to you. I pray, Father, that you would do what we consider impossible, Lord, that you would do that today. That you would do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Help us, Lord, to to be mindful of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you always happy? Are you always joyful? Are you always full of peace? I'm sure if you were honest, there's nobody here that's always just everything's going great. There are barriers to abundant life. There are barriers to in life that we constantly are bumping into that's, that really steal our life and our joy and our peace. And if you don't know these barriers and if you don't know what these barriers are, then you always bump up against them. And there are these enemies and these, what I wanna kind of make up a word a little bit, uh, depleters. There are these things that deplete our life and it steals our joy and, and everything in our life. And in a negative world, they can steal and destroy our life and our joy. And so I want to talk to you in the time that I have remaining about the choices that restore us. And I I want us to look at those four choices that restore my life today. Uh, The first destroyer in life I talked about last week, and that is sin. Sin in our lives is a destroyer. It's a depleter in our life. It takes us in directions that we don't want to go. Many years ago, I met with my pastor, Bob Yaberg, I believe it was Shoney's that's on the corner of Coliseum and Goshen Road, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what it used to be. This is how long ago. Some of these people down here are like, what's Shoney's? What's that? What in the world is that? Anyway, I got together with him and he was late to us getting together for lunch. And he said that he had come from getting together with a pastor. And this pastor informed him that he had had an affair on his wife and that he was going to leave his wife and he was going to marry another woman. Now that woman happened to be the church secretary. And so he was getting together with Bob. Now Bob gave him his opinion about that. And then he said, well, I only came to ask you one question, Bob. Bob, will God forgive me for what I'm about to do? And in classic Bob style, he said to him, oh yes, God will forgive you, but will you ever ask him to forgive you? Because it seems to me that if you really knew what sin does, if you really knew what you're doing, you would never do it. Ravi Zacharias said it years ago. I don't know who said it first. but folks sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay. The wages of sin is death. It's one of the destroyers in our life. Here's the choice. When I sin, I must choose to repent and ask for forgiveness. Whatever it is in our lives for this gentleman, at that point, he could have repented. He could have turned away from that and gone and done what God's will was for his life. But he didn't. Repenting means turning, and for us, that's a a choice that will restore our soul. There are many of you sitting here today that this is a part of your struggle, where you don't have peace, you don't have joy, you don't have life, and you don't have that abundant life, but when we sin, I must choose to repent and to ask for forgiveness, Bob told me not too long ago, he said, Johnny, it's up in my office now, Bulls and I was about to preach one day and he was talking to me and he said, Johnny, he said, "Uh, here's my advice to you when you preach. He said, Johnny, I want you to say it often, keep it simple, make it burn. He said, keep it simple, Make sure you don't make it too complicated. He said, say it often, repeat yourself, Johnny. And then he said, make it burn. I'm gonna repeat myself from last week. First John 1, verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I want to encourage you today to be a person who acknowledges that and chooses to repent and ask for forgiveness, going to God. Here's the second destroyer the second destroyer in our lives and that is anxiety. So many of us are stressed out. It might be because of fear. It could be anxiety in our life about the future. There could be anxiety about relationships or money or uh, you could be tense about anything. I want to encourage you today. When I'm afraid, the best choice for me, if you want to make a choice that restores our soul, I must choose to trust God and accept his plan. Stress is not good for me. It's very interesting. I've gone to the doctor twice over the last two months. And I have an endocrinologist who I get together with. And uh, so for some reason, both of these guys, I've, I've really kind of uh, become friends with a little bit. I, we sit and we talk and they always ask me about my life and what's going on in my life. And so my diabetic doctor told me, he said, and I can't tell you enough how important it is. Stress is really hard on your body. You have to be careful about stress, Johnny. So I thought, okay, I've heard this a lot of years and everything like that. I go to my allergist, which by the way, I'm a red hot mess up in here. All this. Sometimes you guys see me up a little closer maybe and you see my eyes are swollen on a Sunday morning. Sometimes I'm a little slow too because I have to take Benadryl because my eyes are all swollen. I'm like Hitch. I'm, you know, I'm just all swollen and everything. And I've talked to him about that. I'm like, what do I do and everything? So he talked to me about this. But he told me, get this. He talked to me and he's like, Johnny, I can't tell you how important it is for you not to have too much stress in your life because that releases cortisol. Now, by the way, I'm at the point now where I need to have Dr. Glad or somebody else, maybe a nurse or somebody to come up here and explain this. But that release, that hormone, when you release that, that fight or flight, If you're always in that and you're always anxious about something, if you're always stressed out, that release gets into some acid reflux and all a bunch of other stuff, and that's what you're a red-hot mess with. I never thought of it even that way. That's just the physical side. The truth is for us to have the peace about any situation in your life, because see here's what the thing is: I know that all of us have these different challenges, these different moments in our life. For you, it might be going to school and classes or friendships or relationships, or it might be for you as a young parent. There's a lot of stress on you, whether it could be financially or your marriage, or it is extended family. it's all these different parts that are all coming against you, and that brings a lot of anxiety. It is so important that when we come up against that, that we choose to trust God and accept his plan. Let me give you a passage, it's just a small scripture that a four-year-old could know. Psalm 56.3, this is how I learned it and I memorized it. I think we could do it here this morning. When I'm afraid, I will trust in God. It's just a small little phrase. Psalm 56.3, when I'm afraid, I will trust in God. Can we say that together? When I'm afraid, I will trust in God. Now, I know the ESV version says it differently. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you, which is the same thing. I learned it a little differently. But see how it goes on? In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? I want to encourage you to have the word of God truth for you to build your life on so that when everything is coming against you and you don't know where to grab onto, see, most of us, we just get on it. We start texting people. We start calling people. We want to know whatever. We'll even put a Facebook post out and try to get a, a does anybody know how I can handle this? We, we do everything. I want to encourage you that one of the cho- choices you can do to restore your life is when you, you're anxious, choose to trust God and accept his plan. What are you anxious about today? What's got you all tied up? What's got you so uptight? Is it finances? Is it marriage? Is it moving? Is it your what's going on at your job? You don't know the answer? Here's the antidote. Trust God completely and accept his plan. And I just want to encourage you to be a person who's willing to build your life on God and then trust him in whatever is going on in your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Here's another good scripture. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, if you don't believe in God, you might not want to pray. But if you believe in God, and you believe God hears you in your prayers, here's what God is instructing us to do. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here's another one I want to give you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your, I learned it like this. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Cast all of your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. That's the second one. Anxiety. Some of you, that might be your thing. You might be be anxious or fearful about what's going on. I want to encourage you to learn, to, to grow, to trust God and accept his plan. Here's the third one. Here's the third destroyer. Resentment over a hurt. Resentment over a hurt. Everybody here in some way has probably been wounded. Words maybe that were even said to you in your childhood. It might have been maybe even something physically happened to you when you were younger, maybe emotionally and maybe it was in a relationship that was filled with sin. Maybe there was a lot of hurt and somebody really hurt you. Maybe you've been hurt or maybe you're sitting here and you've hurt other people and you don't know what to do with that. I wanna encourage you today. You can either handle that by being more bitter and, and, and you can carry that your whole life and you can get angrier and angrier and more bitter the rest of your life. Or you can choose. Make a choice that restores. And that is, when I am hurt, I must choose to offer grace and let the pain go. Here's the thing, folks. Hurt people hurt people. That's what happens. When we are hurt then they end up hurting other people. Maybe you're resentful this morning. Maybe you're even miserable. I want you to know something. It's not going to make you feel better by holding on to it. If I hold on to it so many times, I hold on to it in the hopes that the other person is miserable. Isn't that what we do? We hold on to it, and we think by us holding on to it, oh, that's going to make them miserable. No, it's not. It's making you miserable. They're over at Poptique having some popcorn. You're miserable. Listen, whether you've been hurt for six weeks or six months or 16 years, I want to encourage you to forgive them and let it go. Now listen to me. We're talking about a sermon series where we're talking about restoring. There's two steps in restoration in a relationship. Listen to me. What I'm talking to you about is only the first part of what's healthy for you. Because some of you have been hurt in such a way that I'm asking you to be gracious, show grace, and let it go. But in some of these circumstances, it would not be healthy for there to be restoration in the relationship because to do so would actually bring more harm or be harmful. So what I'm talking about is for you, for you to be restored. When I am resentful, I need to show grace and let it go. So many times we think that We're withholding forgiveness and they're gonna pay for that. Doing that is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. I'm trying to help you as a pastor. I'm trying to help you as a pastor. Offer grace and let the pain go. When I'm hurt, I must choose to offer grace. Colossians 3.13, be gentle and ready to forgive Never hold grudges. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So I'm going to ask you, who has hurt you? What person has hurt you more than anyone else? And just when I asked that question, that person popped in your head. You're still hanging on. In our minds, if we hold on somehow, we think we're getting even. But that's not true. I want to encourage you today to offer grace and let the pain go. Let it go. Here's the fourth destroyer, and that is confusion. Sin is a destroyer, it steals your joy, it just makes you, you anxiety, it can eat you up. It can, fear and all the things that go with it. And then of course, resentment, it can be, but confusion as well. Confusion can be something that sucks the life out of you. When you can't decide and you're confused, you can't move forward. There's so many times that we just don't know what direction to take. We don't know what to do, especially you who've who've experienced this, especially in your, you know, 16, 17, 18, and then all the way through to your about 23, 24, you're making these big decisions directionally, and you like you're locked up because you're confused, and you don't know. So many times as a pastor now, 30 years now, I'm um, people come to me and they will ask me, this is one, I don't know how often this is, but people, I'll be at a ball game, I'll be at Kroger, I'll be at a lot of places, and they'll come over and they're like, hey, I really wanna to talk to you about something. I know you're busy, but I, I really wanna to talk to you. By the way, there's a lot of that where it's like busy butts, you know. I know you're busy, but uh, I wanna to talk to you. And, and I think people are looking for direction. And here's the thing. Uh, when, when we're confused, what I want to encourage you today is when I am confused, I must follow God's leading. Listen to me, one step at a time. There are many of you here today, this is your struggle because you can't see the whole thing, so you're all locked up. You're not willing to make any moves because you don't know, and you stay confused. I want you to know that according to 1 Corinthians 14, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And I wanna encourage you, here's the thing. Have, just a couple of things I wanna share with you about this. Have the wisdom to seek God. If you're going to to not stay confused, have the wisdom to at least seek God. And then here's here's another thing. Be willing to invest time, money, and energy to discover God. Be willing to invest in knowing more about God. Don't, listen, here's another thing. Don't wait for all the details before you begin. I want to encourage you to not be one of those people who waits till everything is crystal clear and all that. Here's the last thing. Don't be surprised if others and Satan don't like it when you trust God. When you take steps towards God, others may not like it. And so I want to encourage you follow god's leading one step at a time when i am confused i must follow god's leading just one step at a time proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight i encourage you today god said to the people of israel as they were coming out in the exodus and he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for, of them. For the Lord your God will be with you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. I love Psalm 77 because here's the commentary on it. Now listen to me. Because we all look back and we're like, oh yeah, if I had a cloud and uh, all of that, I'd be fine. Listen. Your road led by a pathway through the sea. God took care of you as the people of God. He delivered you out of the hands of Egypt. Listen, a pathway no one knew was there. No one knew what was going to happen. People had to trust him. This is us, all of us, right here. We all want a map. We all want a map. Lord, give me a map of how I'm supposed to go. Lord, tell me how to get where I'm supposed to, where you want me to be. We all want a map. God, mail me a map so I can have it and tell me all the things that's going to happen in my life. Here's the problem with that. The first thing is, if he gave you a map, it would scare you so much that you probably would be all locked up. As the famous theologian said, you can't handle the truth. Little old movie, sorry for this cloud down here, sorry. Here's the second thing. You wouldn't have to trust him if he gave you the map. So I'm encouraging you today. He does give you a compass, the Bible. He gives you a compass. He gives you something you can build your life on so that you can have wisdom and discernment and right thinking. You can know the right way. You can know who Jesus is, the great shepherd. You can know the vine dresser when you're a part of being in the vineyard of God. You can know that. So when I'm confused, I need to trust him. Go one step at a time. Know of him. The guiding light in your life is the spirit of God. And the compass is the word of God on which we build our life. And the Lord has promised to guide and satisfy and refresh and restore and rebuild and raise up and repair and renew our lives. God loves a good restoration project. So if you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with anxiety, if it is today you're struggling with resentment, or maybe it is confusion, make choices. Make the choices that bring restoration. Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, every person here, all of us struggle with these very things in our lives. And Father, I pray that you would help us to choose what is godly, and that is that when we struggle with with sin, that we would repent and ask for forgiveness. And that Lord, I pray today that you would help us, that when we're anxious, that we would trust you more and accept what you have for us from this point. Father, I pray today, whoever's hurt, that they would choose to offer grace and let that pain go. Father, I also pray that when we're confused, that you would help us to follow your leading one step at a time, here and now, today. Lord, I know that there are so many different people dealing with a lot of different things here today. I pray, Father, that you would help them in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would know, that they would know the fullness of walking with the Lord. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of them to get past their sin, their anxiety, their resentment and confusion. We need you, Lord. Help us, Father, in every area of life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.